Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show 
by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 384. I am Chris Featherstone here at the mothership, if you will, live and live in color and funga like a monkey, baby. Yeah. Uh, so listen, we got an action-packed night tonight. We're gonna have we got some headlines. Uh, we got uh, Tito Santana. Um, that uh, I'm gonna play the Tito Santana interview. After that, we're gonna talk about some headlines. Are we talking about Raw SmackDown? You all know the format, but we got so much to talk about today. And one of those is the SummerSlam predictions. So we're gonna talk about that as well. And uh, of course, we got trivia. We got some fun trivia tonight. Uh, some of the trivia might cause you to think a little bit. That's the whole point. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's. Uh, I'm sure you guys will really enjoy this uh, Tito Santana interview. Uh, so let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. PNP Nation, thanks for everybody for for being a part of the show tonight. Um, last week I was loopy. Remember that last week? Uh, I feel much better <laughs> this week um, than I did last week. That's for sure. Um, so, uh, I'm back, uh, I'm, I'm back in my, uh, WWE tag team, high energy. <laughs> there you go. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Tito Santana interview. I think you all will enjoy it and we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Featherstone, Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am so excited to talk to this person on tonight. Uh, this is this person is one of the greatest uh, baby faces in the history of, of professional wrestling. Uh, just continued uh, success throughout the uh, 80s, uh, 70s, 80s. Storied rivals in the WWE, multi-time Intercontinental Champion, multi-time uh, Tag Team Champion, WWE Hall of Famer. Without further ado, my person, one of my personal top baby faces of all time. Tito Santana, how are you tonight, sir? Doing good, good, Chris. Uh, thank you for uh, your compliments. Absolutely, man. I grew up watching wrestling in the '80s, and uh, you know, I, you know, as a journalist now, I still watch wrestling. I, you know, I, I that's my <laughs> what I do career-wise. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things. Those those good old days. I miss the good old days. Growing up in the '80s, watching wrestling and. And watching your story, Robert, with with uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine over the Intercontinental Championship, and uh, you know the un- the unfortunate uh, ending of it from Macho Man Randy Savage, and uh, just just the Intercontinental title scene in the '80s was just a really good thing to watch. What are just your overall thoughts of uh, your your time as Intercontinental Champion? Well, I, I just think that, you know, at one point, the intercontinental title, uh, especially when me and uh, Valentine were uh, chasing each other, uh, meant as much as the world title there mm-hmm. at one point. I mean, we, we were drawing big, big crowds without Hulk Hogan on the card. Uh, the people were really following. But, you know, there were so many great, great performers back then. Uh, anybody who went, you know, had a match, you know, was a main eventer. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I I think so. And it was it was a really awesome 
awesome time. And, and I'm, I've always been curious because you were such a, I mean, you came in just being thrust into a, a really prominent spot. Like when you came in from, uh, um, you, when you when you came in, I think it was like '79. You you teamed what, with with Putsky, right, and became uh, tag team champions. Um, yeah. You, you were you were in uh, what Georgia before then? You were in Georgia Championship Wrestling before then. Yeah, I, I mean I, that's I just I started wrestling in in, in Georgia in 1977. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know I moved up the the ranks pretty quick. Uh, yeah. You know that was nice. Now, what was it that Vince saw in you that was like, I mean, of course, you're one of the best in-ring performers, but what was it that that, that he saw, that he had a conversation with you, that, you know, who was no, working at the time? Know, I, I, what was it? I think in, li- I think in life uh, you need breaks, you know, and I believe, you know, there's angels that, you know, that, that help you uh, get to uh, spots and, you know, good spots in life. Uh, uh, my angel in, in the business was uh, Andrew the Giant. You know, he's the one that uh, I was in in Texas wrestling for Murdoch and Mulligan in Amarillo, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Andrew the Giant and I were good friends, and he came by, and, and, and I had, you know, been wrestling only for a couple of years, and uh, unknown to me, he took a tape, uh, and he was on his way to New York and, and uh, showed it to Vince Sr., and before you know it... Uh, you know, I get a phone call and, and that I'm going to uh, to New York. You know, wow. it was a big break for me. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that really is awesome. Did he did he call you boss like he called everybody else boss? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whenever he whenever he was in town, uh, he used to ride with me. I, I you know he knew that I was going to be driving him around. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I started in 1977, I picked him up in, at the airport in, in, in a little black. Uh, uh, Hatchback uh, Granada, mm-hmm. and and he broke the seat in my car. <laughs> so I ended up I ended up buying a bigger car so you know so Andre could fit in, in you know in my car. But you know he he was always good to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome because typically the stories is if he liked you he really liked you. If he didn't like you, you would know. You know, and, and it's good that you're on his good side. Oh yeah, I mean there, there was no there was no in between. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. Now, what was the idea of you teaming up with uh, Ivan Putsky? Uh, I, I, I don't know. When I first came into New York, I didn't come in with any promises. They, they didn't. They, they just brought me in, and, and uh, I didn't. Even, I wasn't even Tito Santana at the time. I, I was uh, wrestling as Merced Solis, my real name, mm-hmm. in, in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, before that, I had been Richard Blood, which was Ricky Steamboat's real name. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, Vince Sr. says, I want you to think of a, of a name. I came up with Santana, and my first match, I went in the ring. I was T-I-N-O, Tino Santana. And mm-hmm. when I came uh, after my first match, I came through the curtains, and, and uh, Vince Sr. and Jr. were waiting for me, and, and they told me, you're going to be Tito Santana from now on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe they saw something in me, you know, uh, that, you know, whatever it was, I'm, I'm really happy that they saw, you know, potential in me. But, uh, you know, teaming up with Ivan Putsky elevated me to the top, you know, because uh, Ivan was one of the top wrestlers in the country at the time. Yep. 
So it was the biggest break for me. You know, all of a sudden, I, I was a big star in Japan and all over the place. Yep, absolutely. Now, what was the, I mean, you're only there, your first run WWE was only very brief. What was the reason that it was so brief? Well, I got, got the, the title match, and, and we, we became champions, and, and I think we were champions for eight months. And when we lost the, the title, uh, Vince Sr. Uh, talked to me, you know, uh, I kind of made Vince my 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 booker, you know, I said, you know, every move that I was going to make, I was going to, I was going to get his, you know, input. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Vince talked to me and he says, uh, Tito, he says, we're taking the belts away from you guys. Uh, you can stay. I'd love to keep you, but you know, I, I would prefer for you to go out and, and get some more experience. And then, you know, when you're, ready to come back, uh, I'll, I'll bring you back. He said, but I I would prefer for you to go, you know, in, uh, different territories and, and get the more experience. And I said, just tell me where you want me to go. You know, he says, well, where would you like to go? And I said, well, I had heard that Minnesota was, was a great territory. And I had spoken to Dino because Dino Bravo and I were good friends. Mm-hmm. And I said, my first choice is Minnesota. And my second choice is... Uh, uh, I wanted to go to Texas to, to help uh, Joe Blanchard because they, they are the ones that really got me started in business. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I came back. To, you know, we used to do TV tapings every three weeks. And when I came back, he says, you're booked uh, in, in Minnesota. And I, said, God, I was so happy. Wow, yeah. And you, yeah, you end up working for Ganya. And uh, you teamed up with Martel at that time uh, for a little bit, right? Yes, we did, and, mm-hmm. and you know that was a great territory because, you know, I think we used to wrestle maybe 220 times a year. So we mm-hmm. we had like a normal life. We we had some days off, you know. Everywhere else, you, you you'd wrestle 340, 350 days a year. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a a, a little bit of a break that you uh, compared to the other places. So you came back and yeah. feuded with uh, with Valentine, and were were there any plans on putting the the world title on you uh towards the end you know i i uh i i've spoken to uh, bruce pritchard and a couple of guys that told me that uh i i was one of the ones that was considered uh, me and the million dollar man uh there was a couple other guys that were considered uh you know to get the title i, I mean i i wrestled uh the Undertaker in Barcelona, and they were planning on going into South America and Central America and Spain and, you know, to, to the Hispanic market. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrestled against The Undertaker, and, and, I, and I beat The Undertaker. You know, he didn't get beat too much, right. but I, I, I got, I, I, I did go over him in, in Barcelona, but they didn't show it too much in the States. Right, <laughs> right. Now, what was the idea of you managing the powers of pain? I mean, I know that Martel was out injured, and, and uh, you know, eventually he was with Fuji. Why did they, like, kind of transition you as a part of that? I have no idea. I, I think they just wanted to give me a payday and, you know, just keep, 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 to keep me around. You know, I, I don't think Vince was ready to let me go, so he was just uh, giving me a payday. Yeah. And then, lastly, the the El Matador gimmick. Now, 
as a fan, as a fan back then, I was very disappointed, to be honest with you, with the El Matador gimmick because it, it, I was so used to Tito. I was so used to just the, the strike force, uh, you know, just awesome baby face. What was the idea of bringing you back as El Matador? And were there any big plans for you, or were you just supposed to be some some big gimmick with, with the, a presence to put the younger guys over like you did with Shawn Michaels? Well, supposedly, you know, I was supposed to come out uh, with a big uh, feud with, with the, the Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I felt the way you did, you know, uh, Tito Santana was over, you know, I, I didn't need a gimmick, you know, right. but, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, approached me and he says, uh, you know, I, I got one more thing to, uh, for you to do before you, before you leave, you know, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to give you a big push and turned out to, you know, that it was a big lie. You know, he, he, he never, well, he, he changed his mind, you know, the million dollar man ended up having a big angle with the, George the Animal Steel instead of a, instead of with me, you know. Yeah. And I found I found that that out from George Steele is the one that told me. So they dropped me and 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 George Steele is the one that got the, the push. And you know I was gone. I didn't like the gimmick. And shortly after that, I just left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I gave Vince my notice, and you know not too many people gave Vince their notice, but I gave him my notice, and I, I was done. And I was very lucky that I had. Uh, done well in the business and saved my money and uh I, I have never had to go back and you know ask him for work anymore yeah that was what 93 you left 93 yeah wow <laughs> you're right i mean you never had to go back 1993 was the last year you wrestled in wwe that was 26 years ago so uh, that goes to show if you take care of your money, wrestlers, <laughs> you don't have to go back. Uh, like 26 years later, you're still uh, doing well for yourself, man. So you end up being a teacher and all that good stuff. And uh, best, Yeah, that was yeah. the best thing I did. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let the listeners know what you're up to now before we close. Well, uh, I, I this is the summer, so <laughs> I'm enjoying the summer and uh, – uh, my wife and I, I'm from Texas. We we took a trip to Texas on vacation. And, nice. Uh, we're getting, like I said, my, my daughter-in-law uh, graduates from co- uh, college, and uh, we're going to go. I'm on my way over there. i got to go pick up my wife, and then we, we're we going to go out to dinner tonight, and then we have a big uh, party for her Saturday and a uh, bunch of parties and in, enjoying the summer. Awesome, man. Well, it's great that I was able to catch you and your busy schedule, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, best wishes to you, man, and uh, thank you for being one of the greatest baby faces of all time. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Tito. Have a good Arriba. night, man. Arriba. yes. Thanks, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. <Thank> Arriba. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was awesome that he did that. I didn't ask him to do that. Um and he just threw it in there. Adiba. Um man, I was such a huge Tito Santana fan. Hope you all enjoyed the interview. Um I was such a big Tito Santana fan as as a um kid. Uh yeah, Cody, uh you know it's so funny, man. I was I was just thankful to get some out of it cuz it's actually supposed to be shorter than that. <laughs> and uh, I pulled my journalistic uh 
um, strings to to get it was it, you know he's like I'm telling y'all some of y'all may know some of y'all may not but uh, I mean it takes a lot of work you know I do it for you means I do it for you for real because uh, you know it takes a lot of work getting an interview every single week for y'all and um, man it's uh it, it wasn't a it wasn't an easy grab getting uh, old Tito because <laughs> he I mean r- rightfully understandably so man he just you know he's just kind of doing his thing um kind of all off the face of the earth and uh just chilling just being Tito I think he's like 66 now or something like that so Pulling strings to pull string, yeah, sixty six. He turned sixty six this year, so um, yeah. It, it thank God that this show has been around for for seven years uh, enough to make people feel confident enough to be on the show. So I'll say that much. And so getting people isn't necessarily uh, difficult anymore. Uh, praise God for that. But uh, the getting someone—it's not just getting someone that I would like to be on a show. It's getting them and finding in both finding time in our day and our week. Uh, this was like two. Uh, I, the interview was recently, but I mean, we started talking like two or three weeks ago um, because of our schedules. And so, um, like I said, when I say I do it for you, I do it for you for sure. Um, let's see some very encouraging messages, uh, on here. Uh, I think I saw a random ask Chris question again, which I love. Um, I think it was me and Michael. Um, Cody, uh, let's see, Michael. Yeah. Michael is asking, um, what did you learn about yourself over the past week? Um, man, I love these questions. Um, what did I learn about myself? Like, I learned, I learned today that um, I, I further learned that. I love working out because <laughs> I was so tired today. I didn't have any energy. And so I'm, I'm like super duper dedicated five days a week, um, Monday through Friday. I take Saturday and Sunday off. Um, not, I didn't take Saturday and Sunday off in July though. Um, Cause every July I have a 8,000 pushup challenge. I just randomly made it up in 2014. I did it for the sixth year last year. I didn't, I did 8,000, Every year except for last year, because I was last year for the most most of the year I was on the, either a walker or a cane. Um, so I was doing wall push-ups, and I did I don't know over a thousand, but maybe close to two thousand. Um, that was last year, but all the other years, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and this year I did eight thousand push-ups in the month of July alone. So. Um, I just started doing it uh, back in 2014 at the job that I was at at the time, and uh, a few people joined up, including the owner of the of the company. I made like a big work wide thing; it was like huge. 
and um, it felt good, and I just kept doing it. So now I got a big now I got a Facebook page about it and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, every every July I did it. I do eight thousand pushups. So uh, I didn't have any day off. I did um, about two hundred seventy, two hundred sixty to two hundred, sometimes over three hundred pushups a day. Um, in the month of July. And so today I was tired, but I, I, I don't do a chest. Uh, I do a, I do a chest workout often, but I don't do the pushups anymore. Uh, I do them every now and then, but man, those pushups, man, they, uh, <laughs> they are not, they're not easy. Um, but today I was really tired and, um, but I, you know, I still worked out. Uh, pretty good. So, if I could ever put down the Flintstones push-ups, maybe I could do some real ones. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Um, hashtag Ask Chris. Let's see what else we got. Allie's asking a question here. What match are you most excited for? SummerSlam. Uh, we'll, we're going to do predictions. As far as most excited. Uh, Honestly, Goldberg and Ziggler. I'm a Goldberg. See, I'm a traditional guy, man. You know, I'm not the type of guy who really um, do much commentary about it. That's the reason why I'm sure you all know that the smallest segment of the Pancakes and Power Slam show are the Raw and SmackDown reviews because um, I'm thankful that I, I'm, I, I'm so grateful that I'm able to um to make a to make a good income to make good income being a wrestling journalist. I mean, that's a dream come true. I mean, I get paid to watch wrestling. Come on now. Uh that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's a dream come true, but um as you most of the people know who are in the PNP nation, I mean, I really don't get uh too excited about pro wrestling nowadays. Raw and SmackDown specifically. I mean, I'm a lifer for sure. Um, but uh, this Raw and SmackDown just doesn't do much to me. And and I I get excited about legends coming back. I mean, when Taker came back, when Goldberg come back came back, and th- the reason why I get excited about legends coming back is because those are the days when there were large in life characters. We don't see that anymore. We don't see large in life characters anymore. That's the, and that's the, one of the biggest issues with, with today's uh, pro wrestling scene is uh large in life characters are just not there anymore. Now I love new Japan. I've, I've followed um, the G one climax and uh big fan of that actually. Um, I love New Japan. Uh, they're, I, I still love the fact that they're still very character heavy, and their wrestling. Uh, I mean, their their stories are in the ring. I mean, I love watching New Japan wrestling. Um, but yeah, I mean, WWE wise, I'm holding on, man. <laughs> As a fan, I'm holding on. But it's always good to see the Goldbergs come back, especially uh, since it was such a a, a very bad uh, time that we saw him last time. Of course, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It wasn't his fault. I mean, he got concussed early in the match, 
Um, so you can't criticize him for, for what we saw because he was concussed. So I'm really, really happy that he was able to come back and right that wrong and kind of atone for that moment. Regardless if he was concussed or not, that's a moment that's been resonating in him uh, for a while. Um, I mean, since, you know, since his match with Taker in Saudi. So I'm super duper happy and super duper glad for Goldberg to have this moment back. And uh, I mean, you know, it's like there's so so many people. This is like the, the, the tried and true topic when it comes to using these um legends is like okay well someone needs to put him over i mean say he, he needs to put somebody over um i don't agree with that man because i mean there's there's so many characters now that i mean like the the the, the general landscape of wwe is 50 50 booking and no one stands out maybe roman reigns stands out perhaps um because he had he's had that character, but even even Reigns though Reigns is still a WWE guy. Now I know he's got the Hobbs and Shaw. I know that he's doing more mainstream stuff, um, and he's he's having more you know entertainment style interviews uh, with with entertainment media companies. But at the same time, it's like there's no just transcendent star power. And WWE right now. That's the reason why they keep pulling on people from yesteryear to get that star power back. And that's the reason why it's coming more, becoming more and more of a niche market because there's very little star power in WWE. And every every uh, commentator, every journalist that's been a WWE fan since the '80s and beyond, we're we're lowering <laughs> our um, standard when it comes to WWE product now, and it's sad because I'm such a WWE fan. You know, watching WWE since the '80s, since the early, since the mid '80s, and it's like nowadays it's 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 tough to it's tough to watch an episode of Raw and SmackDown because it's it's the same fifty fifty booking. You're not building any stars. You get lightning in a bottle moments like Becky Lynch and and especially Kofi Kingston. But now, but you don't stay, you, you don't have enough creative wit in the creative uh, scene to, you know, keep that lightning flashing. You know what I mean? Like it just, like Kofi Kingston, I, I love Kofi Kingston. I mean, he's one of my favorites, but WWE's doing such a poor job with, um, with booking him over the past probably few weeks at first, you know, the, 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 the hype was still good. He was still like a kind of beating people. He was like the, the every man kind of David type of type of feel to him. He was, you know, defeating the competition after competition, but they're not doing a really good job making him, <clears throat> keeping him interesting. And nowadays the fans are just like, Look, they picked their own flavor of the month, and, and it's unfortunate. They picked their own flavor of the month, and if uh, <laughs> when, when they're done, this is what happens. We see that with Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston. When they're done, and just wipe your hands and toss you to the back. Um, so 
we'll see. Hopefully, Kofi. Uh, and, and I've said this before, um, and I'll, I'll make it very clear. I mean, I still think that there's a lot of main event stock in Kofi Kingston. I think that the crowd can get back uh, with him. If I had my way, and I'm calling this right now, I haven't, I haven't heard anybody else say it. I'm calling this right now. If you're watching this, or if you're listening to this, uh, there have very attentive ears about this storyline that I'm about to do because I think it, it'll help Kofi. Now, if you're talking about uh, more established stars putting people over, this is what you do. You have uh, Randy Orton, and I'm spoiling kind of my predictions here. You have Randy Orton uh, defeat Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam because I'm sure that they want that star power um, type of name going into the the split. I mean, going into you know the the, the split between USA and Fox. You want that. Uh, type of feel so Randy Orton it makes sense I get it I'm okay with Orton beating uh, Kofi um, only for this purpose I'm only okay with Orton being Kofi for this purpose now you have Orton beat Kofi and uh, what you do is you have uh, Kofi Kingston uh, you have him win the Royal Rumble because because He's had this running presence um, in the Royal Rumble for so long. It would be super dope if he actually won, because every year, for for a number of years, he's had this thing where he's almost being eliminated. He, you know, he's very acrobatic. He does something to keep him in, and then he gets eliminated. He's over. He's a main event talent now if he actually won the Royal Rumble and actually challenges Brock Lesnar to the Universal Championship, and that's what you do. You actually have him challenge Brock Lesnar. You have Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar as the main event of WrestleMania 36. Kofi Mania is back. He's the underdog again, but the challenge is much greater. It was Daniel Bryan this year. Next year, it seems it's seemingly insurmountable. How can Kofi Kingston defeat Brock Lesnar? And what you do is you have Brock Lesnar put Kofi over, man. And that's that's a way to build a main event star. Brock Lesnar is the is the way. Uh, it, it, Brock Lesnar should be utilized to to build up a star. He was supposed to do that with Roman Reigns, but you know because he decided to stay, they. They kept pushing it out. They they pushed it out of WrestleMania 31, then they pushed it out of WrestleMania 34, and uh, finally he won it at SummerSlam last year. But by that time, it was just like, eh, you know, it wasn't the luster was it was diluted quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean I, that's what I think you do. I think there's still a lot of stock in Kofi Kingston. What you do is uh, you have him lose against Randy Orton. Uh, you have him win the Royal Rumble. And, um, you know, the only thing is that would break that would that that would break up New Day. And I don't want the New Day to break up. I don't think they should break up. Um, but what what you could do is you could have Kingston be like the raw representative of the New Day. I don't think you should have some just, you know, rocker style breakup that that's going to lead to no nowhere. Um 
but you can have Kofi Kingston still be a New Day member and, um, you know, be on the Raw brand. You you could have that. Um, or what you could do is you could have uh, the Superstar Shakeup is usually a week after WrestleMania. You can have Kofi Kingston take the Universal Championship over to SmackDown, and that would be a good thing to do for Fox. And you take the WWE Championship over to Raw. I would actually prefer that. I think that would be uh, pretty dope to bring the uh, the WWE Championship over to Raw and the Universal Championship over to uh, to SmackDown. Um, GSP's asking, uh, what if Kofi does everything he did to stay in the Royal Rumble all in one match, then gets the win? Yeah, I mean, like that would be dope. I mean, I think I think the the, the goal should be. He finally gets the win after, you know, this this year he finally gets the win after being acrobatic and trying to stay uh, in the uh, in the match. I think that would be a pretty. I think that would pretty be pretty awesome. I think he'd get a huge pop. All right, all right. Ali agrees. Uh, any more Ask Chris questions? Uh, we will handle them after we get to the headlines. Here we go. All right. Let's do this. All right. So first headline is the Raw and SmackDown Live is being split. Uh, re- reportedly, they're being split again, um, going over to the Fox uh, move. So I think that this is a fantastic idea. I'm so, 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 so cool with this. Um, Eli's asking what they're doing with Sheldon Benjamin. We'll get to that. Ask me that again when we uh, get on the SmackDown review. The, the short version is nothing. Which probably won't be nothing. He should probably just team up with uh, Chad Gable again. We saw what how they uh, emasculated Chad Gable, but on SmackDown. But um, yeah, so I, I'm totally cool with this. Uh, I, I I'm a big fan. I'm a big supporter of the split, man. I really am. I think that the split gives uh, people opportunities to be stars. If it wasn't for the split, man, we wouldn't. We wouldn't see Kofi Kingston where he is now. Uh, you know, Ali was supposed to be, you know, uh, have a, a big push. Uh, Ali, we wouldn't have seen Ali. We wouldn't have seen Ali if it was just kind of, uh, you know, merged. And we're seeing a merge. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, Chad Gable's in two or five live, but he was on the segment of SmackDown. Uh, uh, he got emasculated by uh, Elias. Um, but uh, and plus, Two Five Live is not a brand. Uh, he can he's still on SmackDown. But uh, I mean, it's a brand, but it's not a brand in the, in as far as the rosters. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that uh, the split. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I'm 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 very for it. When we saw the roster split before, we saw you know people like Eddie Guerrero get opportunities. Um, Booker T get opportunities. 
uh, we, you know, we saw a lot of really, really cool things when, when the split was, you know, 2002, 2003. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it, I think it's good. And like nowadays you get, you have people like Drew McIntyre, um, you know, that is still, I, I think the, the merge of Raw and SmackDown goes to show, you know, Drew McIntyre goes to show what a merge of Raw and SmackDown uh, looks like. You have one of the biggest heels in the entire WWE at at the moment, basically being second fiddle to Shane McMahon and uh, feuding with, I mean, no disrespect, Cedric Alexander. Now, I'm all for a Cedric Alexander push. I've had him on the show before. I'm all for that, but you're just kind of throwing him in a spot without really developing him. He has not established himself at all um, based on what they do. And that's the, and that's the issue with the WWE goes back to the whole star power. You're having people lose matches. You're having all this 50, 50 booking. And then you're supposed to uh, expect us to say, Oh yeah, well he's a star now. I mean, like, come on now. (laughs) You, you can't. That's just a, that's that's such a, a terrible way to insult our intelligence. You're saying, oh yeah, he's a star now. You know, Cedric Alexander's a star now. He he needs to rack up wins, man. He needs to rack up wins. Um, GSP's asking, uh, at what percentage do you think the WWE uses fake injuries to keep wrestlers off TV for whatever reasons they may be? Um. Uh, very low, very, very low. Um, they used to do that all the time, right? They used to like, you know, do the whole kayfabe injury thing just to write them off. But, um, uh, as far as fake injuries now, I mean, they, because of the dirt sheets and because of everything else, I mean, people, you have social media, like social media has, has just. I won't. I won't ever say kayfabe is dead because I, I mean, my 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 heart and soul as a wrestling fan was built around kayfabe, but at the same time, it's like uh, social media has been such a uh, an influence on on that, you know. And, and so, if someone is legitimately injured, you, you'll see that on Twitter. You'll see that on Instagram and. And then, you know, if someone is not injured, especially if someone's not injured, you'll definitely see that on Twitter and Instagram too. <laughs> and I think because of that, you really can't sell, you know, a fake injury uh, nowadays. But when social media wasn't around, I mean, you could sell fake injuries all the time. Um, and then, you know, you can, it, it can definitely make sense. I mean, if you're writing somebody off, you can fake an injury. Um, which, which you did all the time back in the day, but not these days, not these days. Michael's asking, what are my thoughts on AEW selling out DC? I think, uh, I, I, it's still too, it's still too early to tell for me. Um, still too early to tell with AEW, but it's clear that fans want something different. I think that's very, very clear that fans want uh, a different feel. And I think that the, I think that the AEW sellouts um, 
is is fans basically telling WWE, hey, listen, uh, we want something different, and AEW is at least giving us something different. Uh, I don't know. There's, I'd imagine there's a very small percentage of unique AEW fans uh, of people who just don't um, watch WWE at all. Uh, I, it's a small. I'd imagine there's a small percentage of that. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, bottom line is they want something different. So, uh, and I'm, I'm cool with that. It's too early to tell for me, but. Um, so far, I mean, unpopular opinion alert. So far, I'm not sold. I'm not like on the AEW train, uh, so to speak. Um, to me, they haven't produced enough. Like they haven't done enough to make me like super sold on the the presentation. I, I'm all for AEW as an alternative product, but they haven't really sold me yet on the presentation. I've watched, you know, I've watched their stuff. So we'll see though. Um, I, I'm I'm happy that I'm happy that they're selling out. I'm happy that they're presenting some type of product that um, is an alternative, and it's a big. It has a big feel to it. I mean, you're selling out big arenas, so I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Lexi's asking, with the given state of the economy and recent mass shootings, do you think, do you believe that the low turnout at WWE live events is a result of these issues? Do you think AEW will show the same drop? Good question. Very, very good question. First of all, my prayers go out to the families of uh, the uh, Mississippi shootings, the El Paso shootings, and uh, Dayton's close to home. Uh, I live about an hour and a half away from Dayton. Uh, so that really hit me um, as far as the Ohio shootings are concerned. So definitely my prayers go out to the families, uh, family and friends of those victims. Um, regarding the um, live events, I don't think that there's a correlation. Um, I mean, they, recently, they canceled last weekend's uh, WWE live events, but this has been something that's been, this has been one of WWE's, like weakest moments and, and Vince McMahon, you know, there was interviews that he was talking about uh, injuries and stuff like that. Just, just throwing stuff out there as far as why, you know, there's a big drops in live attendance numbers. But I mean, you don't have the star power. Like, like for instance, I purposely missed a uh, live event because I was just not interested. Every time that every televised event I get in for free, because I do coverage, um, every televised event, but, you know, I, I have to pay for the, the non-televised events. And I haven't missed a televised event in like 20 years <laughs> uh, here in, in uh, Columbus uh, area. And so I go and I enjoy, I actually go because I enjoy like fellowshipping with friends. We usually like get some wings or something beforehand or, or do something, you know, get something to eat and talk about old school wrestling. It's typically what we do. I actually enjoy that more. Um, but a good friend of mine, he, he was like, we recently, I mean, Columbus is a huge market for, for wrestling for WWE nowadays, RH too. And WWE came here like three times uh, in 2018, I think, and uh, two or three times. One of them was a live event, a 
think it was like November or December. Uh, it was only like a couple months after like a SmackDown. And they were like, man, come on, Chris, come on, Chris. And I kid you not, I had zero interest, zero interest of going to a live event here in Columbus. And this is a lifer WWE fan who actually could have gotten paid for it as far as like doing coverage. And man, I have no, I have no interest. I just had, I was like, no. I'm not going to spend a dime on getting, I'll probably, you know, I could have made it back, but I'm not going to spend a dime on a ticket because I have zero interest. And I think because of that, like the star power, and it goes back to the whole star power factor. There's no star power in WWE minus a couple of people, but there's, like I said, they're still not transcending the business. Um, like Hogan did, like Andre did, like Austin, Rock, you name it, um, of people who transcended the business. There's not really, I mean, maybe Roman Reigns, but there's not anyone really that's transcending the business, and that star power is really, really hurting. They're actually bringing Kane back uh, <laughs> to do a couple of house shows um, in some smaller towns, and it's like, you're bringing star power back from yesteryear because it's getting like, the thing is, this is proof, like bringing back stars from yesteryear, especially with, with Goldberg and Trish and then Undertaker, the Extreme Rules, it goes to show that WWE is is admitting in an indirect way that they have done a lousy job developing new stars. Uh, the past decade, at least, they've done a, such a lousy job developing new, larger-than-life stars. Because at the end of the day, you can try to be like the independents as much as you can, Who's that's very wrestling-heavy. You can do that as much as you can. But the problem is this. You're not an indie promotion. You've never been over the past 50 years. You know what I mean? Like, and you've been the, the, the conglomerate of professional wrestling, you know, feuding with NWA, yes, in uh, other territories, AWA, and so forth. But WWE has been the promotion. They've been the, you know, widely recognized um, uh, promotion. And so you can't have a big wrestling-heavy indie-style presentation you've got to sell the casual fans with characters you you otherwise you'll continue to have a niche market you'll you'll see ratings drop because the same you know people who are watching ROH and I love ROH I love ROH got some uh really cool some people there impact too but at the same time that's not even the same ballpark because they're more of a niche, they're more of a wrestling-heavy market. The emphasis is on characters. I grew up being a person who loved characters, and that's what's going to keep me interested. And that's what's going to keep. That's the reason why uh, the median age. I wrote an article last October, and the median age of that time was like fifty-four of <laughs> watching uh, WWE or pro wrestling um, in WWE. And that goes to show that the people who 
the, those people were in their 20s and 30s, and they loved the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era was over 20 years ago. And if the median age is uh, 54, that goes to show me that there were 18 to 35-year-olds watching the Attitude Era 20 years ago who thinks a lot like me, and I'm and I'm not I'm not anywhere close to 54, but um, they're thinking like me. They're thinking like, man, I'm I'm trying to hold on to this wrestling product, hoping that there will be more stars and it will get that large and life feel and these characters, um, you know. So that's the that's the biggest issue with with wwe there's 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 no characters and so i think that's where the drop comes from along with it uh a way to answer your question lexi but uh i'm glad you asked it because i think it was important to talk about uh jsp but my mama told me not to believe social media <laughs> Man, that's funny um eli's asking what i think jericho's uh, mystery tag team is going to be Hope is Motor City Machine Guns, someone we never thought we signed. Well, as far as I know, um, Alex Shelley's done, like retired, done. Uh, I've had Chris Saban on my show a couple of times. Chris Saban, actually, well, I think he was a coach. I think he was a guest trainer recently. Uh, but, yeah, I think Alex Shelley's um, done. I think he done, like, he finished up a couple of years ago. Let me check. Um yeah, his last uh, Alex Shelley's last match. Um, well, uh, well, he recently came back. He he and he finished last year, um, and then he came back after a year later. Recently, uh, ROH. Uh, yeah, with Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, they beat the Kingdom. Uh, so yeah, th- you know he's. Not really. I mean, he's not really. And that was his last match. That was uh, about three weeks ago, and that was his first match in a year. So, I don't know. I don't think. I don't see it as being Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, I don't. You know, the only thing, um, the Lucha Brothers, uh, of course, but you know they wouldn't really be built as a, a mystery, you know, uh, team <clears throat> if it was the Lucha Brothers. Um, I'd say the Bushwhackers. Uh, I, I mean, if you're if you're doing mystery teams, I would say I'm about eighty five percent certain that it would probably it's probably LAX. It's probably LAX. Um, the only thing is, yeah, I think LAX. That, yeah, I think LAX. That's my that's my guess. Um, let's see what we have. Uh, <clears throat> would I be would I be down if WWE do a rankings like UFC for the deal with Fox to help the wrestle? Yeah, I like that. I used to love the uh the, the rankings back in the WCW NWA days. I was a big fan of that. Uh Lexi, what are your thoughts on Roman and Seth speaking out about Moxley? Do I think that WWE Brass is behind it? If so, why wait so long? Um, at the end of the day, WWE does have uh, kind of like veto power to to say um, what they don't want to be. Um, as far as media is concerned, what they don't want to be out there. There was a recent uh, interview that uh, Bailey did, and they were talking about, and the interviewer was talking about uh, why WWE doesn't have uh, like a union. And 
Vince, he was like really going in about it. And WWE, like, uh, <laughs> they cut some of that interview. So, like, WWE is definitely for sure, like, making sure that they have their hand on the media and make sure that they're, you know, they're being represented in the way that they want to be represented. I mean, that's a, um, that's a fair question as far as like, you know, unionizing. Um, and you know, she was like, yeah, you guys drive, you drive yourselves. And Bailey was just like, you could tell she was going to agitate it. But I mean, those are, those are legitimate questions. <laughs> like you're, you're spending so much time doing media and you're spending, you're getting to the arena twelve one o'clock, and you're not done till eleven twelve o'clock at night, and then you got to drive, you know, two three four five six hours, you know, to the next town. I mean, you know, I I think at times you do need someone who drives for you. You know, hire some drivers, man. Why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, WWE cut off uh, a portion of that interview. So I think that WWE is okay with Roman and uh, Seth speaking about John Moxley, especially since uh, Moxley has been very vocal about uh, his uh, misery. It wasn't just frustration. He was miserable in, in WWE. So, um, Yeah, Cody, about the, the, the shooting, definitely. Very, very sad stuff. Uh, Jack is asking, I personally felt chemistry between Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe last night. In your eyes, can you see them being tag team champions? Yeah, I, I tweeted that, Jack. Uh, first, first of all, welcome, Jack, uh, to the PMP uh, Nation. Uh, thanks for joining the chat, Jack. Um, appreciate you, man. Um, looks like Jack is a new addition to the PNP Nation, so I'll, so welcome him. Um, yeah, I, I tweeted that last night. I said, you know what? I like what I see. I like a Samoa Joe Roman Reigns uh, tag team. I said I'd rather actually I'd rather see Joe and Reigns against uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan uh, at uh, at SummerSlam uh, because I like that look. I like the Roman, you know, kind of uh, bad boy characters, but still stay like a still still stay baby faces, but like a rugged bad boy type of baby face. I, I like it. Um, so I, I'd actually be cool with that. If they, if they do Joe and, Ro, uh, and Roman against uh, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan. And then if, it seems like the goal is singles with um, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Save that, save that until, you know, a bigger, you know, save that to like the rumble or, or save that to survivor series. I'm cool with that. But I'm I'm totally fine with the with the tag team for sure. Um, good question, guys. Uh, let's see what else we got. Really, really good questions. Loving it, loving it. Ryan's asking what I think of wrestlers' private lives mixing up on TV, like Seth and Becky's a couple on screen, and in real life, uh, Rusev. And Lana, who got engaged and got back. I, I'm not a fan, man. I, I'm a kayfabe guy. Um, I, I, there has been zero perks or benefits benefits of announcing Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch as a couple. Nothing. It's done absolutely nothing to their careers. Um, and, and, in, and in many cases, it's made it worse. 
um, especially for Seth Rollins. And so, yeah, I don't see, I don't see any any point, zero point. Um, now I understand Rusev and Lana because they were in the, uh, they're, uh, the fact that they were in the the, the feud with. Dolph Ziggler and and uh, Summer Rae, they 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 were all in that same thing, and then they announced their engagement, which threw it off. I mean, people knew that they were together, but announcing that they're engaged to be married, like during that angle, is you know throws that off a lot. Um, but and that's why I think social media ruins stuff a lot. I mean, I don't think that should have been announced. Um, there it is. Um, sometimes, I mean, if you're if you're in the wrestling business, man, you gotta respect kayfabe. Um, Michael's asking, uh, do I see Rollins as a mid Carter this time next year? Yeah, 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 certainly, certainly. I don't, um, I don't see. Again, man, I just I'm I'm not high on Rollins anymore. I I haven't been for a while. I wasn't for a long time. If you if you listen or look at my old shows. I wasn't for a long time, and then I became a fan again, and then I was like, and then and then after for a while again, it's been like, eh, I just, I liked him during his Intercontinental title, uh, kind of workhorse type of thing, because I, I think he really brought some prestige in the Intercontinental title. I was a big fan of that. Speaking of Intercontinental title, no no presence of Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, what are you, what are y'all doing, man? Terrible. Um, I, I really liked him in the Intercontinental title scene. That was really, I think that was one of the best Seth Rollins moments that we've seen in WWE. I think he did a fantastic job that, but in the main event scene, nope. Nope. Um, what are my thoughts on Becky and Roman sharing the 2K cover? Do you believe that Brass felt Becky couldn't carry the cover on her own due to the recent poor response to her? I think that's a fantastic question. I think that definitely could be the case um, that she couldn't do it on her own. Yeah. Because, I mean, her, her stock is dwindling. Um, and I've said this before. I said this last week. As many people crap on Ronda Rousey, She's the one that, you know, made it be at the status that it was. Um, so there it is. Great questions, guys. Great, great, great questions. All right, let's get to the uh let's get to the next headline. So uh the next headline is uh Rock. Um announcing man that he quietly retired. Quietly retired from uh, pro wrestling, and this is pretty evident. I think, this, I mean, this is, of course, this is pretty evident. But um, I, I think that the reason why I wanted to talk about this headline <laughs> because Rock is the man. He's doing a fantastic job in Hollywood. The 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 best transition from pro wrestling to Hollywood. I mean, we've seen other transitions. They, uh, Dave Batista is doing really good too. Uh, I mean, we've seen we've seen the Roddy Pipers, and you know we've seen transition uh, Jesse Ventura's. We've seen, uh, well, Jesse Ventura is more of a uh, uh, government type thing, but he's you know he's he was around and did some things too. But uh, we've seen some transitions, or at least some dabbing, you know, over to the Hollywood scene. 
And Rock has done uh, such an amazing job with with making that transition. Man, you can't you can't hate Cena's Cena's doing good too. And so I, you know, I don't think uh, the Rock and the WWE is necessary at this point. Um, there's certain people that are kind of impenetrable. Uh, if, if they lose a match, it doesn't mean anything. Like when the Rock lost to Hurricane Helms, you know that didn't made the Rock look bad. They made the hurricane they, they made Hurricane look good. People, that's like the Hurricane's best moment ever. You know, as far as memorable. So if Rock came back and put somebody over. I, I'm not a big fan of that because WWE's booking is so poor that just a simple loss to a legend doesn't do anything. Like it just, it, it, I don't have enough confidence in WWE actually using beating a legend as a catapult to someone being another, the next or a main event larger than life character. Because at the end of the day, there's still the 50, 50 booking issue. There's still a lack of building stars issue. And that's going to take a long time to really reinvent because um, that's a really big issue with WWE, WWE nowadays. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he, you know, he was on the um, um, what is it, uh, Ryan and Kathy, um, like Ryan and Kelly, or Kelly and Ryan, and Maria Menounos was uh, subbing in for uh, Kelly Ripa, and yeah, he was like, I've quietly retired. You know, he was talking about the Medicine Square Garden moment as far as how wrestling is really was the launch pad of him becoming, you know, a successful actor was due to wrestling and having that feel of Madison Square Garden, the Survivor Series. Good interview. Um, but, you know, I, I am I am particularly upset <laughs> the fact that, you know, that I have you know, one person. At the end of the day, there's one person who was a victim of all of this. You know who that one person is? That one person is Sting. That one person is Sting. Because Sting was the puppet of a future Rock versus Triple H match. And that is still under my crawl, okay? Because I know Sting is such an amazing company guy. I'm so grateful to be a part of the WWE after all this time. Yeah, Vince, I'll do whatever you want. Even if the plans are scrapped. Oh, WrestleMania 31. I wish that someone had like a man in black uh, kind of uh, pin and just push the button and made me forget all about WrestleMania 31 because they use Sting as a puppet, as a pawn to develop a match the next year between The Rock and Triple H that never happened. So you know what, Rock? Good for you being successful in the media industry. But at the end of the day, Sting's WWE career is ruined because 
of building up a match that never happened. Next, we have Bobby Lashley being injured. Uh, He's going to be out until um, November. And uh, I think, you know, I I, I think WWE is in dire uh, need to do a repackaging of Bobby Lashley. Um, The Leo Rush thing helped, you know, with him having a mouthpiece. That helped. But, I mean... Like I, I really like Bobby Lashley, and I think that the 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 problem with that is just like he he's not a he's not a good promo guy. I mean, and 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 he's not. I I still and 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 Bobby Lashley is still thinking. I mean, he's still tweeting about uh, him and and Lesnar. I said it. I want I wanted Lashley versus Lesnar at this year's WrestleMania. And I surely want Lassie versus Lesnar uh, at some big match. I, I prefer Kofi versus Lesnar at uh, at WrestleMania, but give me Lassie versus Lesnar at at uh, SummerSlam la- next year. How about that? Um, and I mean, they're not they're not really doing. I mean, the Intercontinental thing was good with Finn. I was okay with that, but uh, the only problem is is that. Man, it's just a it's just a rough time for Lashley because he's so good in the ring and he's so athletic, but at the same time, man, like he he needs repackaged. Just this this just this heel Lashley that comes out and I mean I like the thing with him and Strowman that was just kind of like a uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that, you know, that, that that just that presence alone, the King Kong versus Godzilla look was good. But I mean, I you bring Leslie back as a heel, he beats up another baby face. Eh, then what? Just I mean, like it's just he's at a really tough spot now where it's gonna be really hard to make him like a big star. He has everything to do that except for the mic work, but you can get a mic. You can get a, a stick man for him, but eh, I just don't see much in, in Lashley. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of potential, but WWE is not going to do a really good job with uh, with using him correctly when they bring him back. And I just see him right back into some some uh, some mid card spot. So. <clears throat> Three says, I love the show Been watching uh, for a while I wanted to drop in and say hello Appreciate that very, very much Sports Huddle Well, I think of an NXT Canada brand Nah Nah I, think, I mean, like I like the UK But Canada's our neighbor Just bring <laughs> Just have them compete me Uh just you know, just just have them compete with uh, the states. <clears throat> I mean, like you have a North American championship. Canada is a part of North America, uh, so that includes Canada too. Um, let's see what else we got. 
All right, some good questions, guys. Fantastic questions. Lexi, what are your thoughts on... Uh, okay, I said that already. Eli, the WWE draft is coming. I hope they unify the tag titles. No, because they, they're having splits. Um, you know, they, they're having the split. The split is a, is a, is a real deal. They want to bring it bring the split back, which I'm cool with. So you have different championships. The, the reason why the women's title was... Um, Merged. I mean, it's, it's multi-branded because they just don't have enough talent to have a women's tag team division on multiple brands, which I'm totally cool with that. But otherwise, I'm I'm cool with having separate championships. Um, TNA asks Chris questions. GSP says if they want to put a superhero over today, they might need to flip. They might need them to flip the bird, but they are too scared to do that due to them being so family-oriented. See, and that's the thing, man. Like, I don't even think that that's necessary. Like, it would it, be a, oh, an awe moment, but at the same time, it's still it's still one of those things that is going to take a long time. Like, think about all the illustrious heels, some of the best heels of all time. Ted DiBiase never had a flip the bird. He was a character. Roddy Piper, never had the foot of the bird. He was a character. Ric Flair, never had the foot of the bird. He was a character. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham, never had the foot of the bird. He was a character. Andre the Giant, you know, 80s Andre the Giant. He was a babyface for a long time, but um, never had the foot of the bird. Bobby Heenan, never had to do that. So it's like, if you think about the bit, if you think about the best heels of all time, they didn't have to do Rick Rude is another one. Yep, Brandon, another one. Uh, they never had to do something like uh, very knee jerky. They just had really good characters, and that's the thing. You think about some of the best heels of all time are the best heels because they had really good characters. It wasn't knee jerk things. It wasn't even. And the thing is. You grab the best heels of all time, each and every one of them is in a PG, golden era, 80s, early 90s. And so PG is not the issue. I mean, if you think of Rick Rude, uh, Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, um, Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan, like all of those names made like made their uh, mark in the 80s and early 90s. And that was the PG era in WWE and NWA. So it's not about a, a ranking. I mean, it's it's not about PG versus uh, PG uh, or TV 14. None of that matters. None of it matters because characters is what matters. And we have such a, we have such a deficiency of that, which is, where the issue is. Uh, Lexi, with uh, with Rock coming to terms with his retirement, do you believe that he will have a last send-off officially passing towards to Roman before being inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2020? See, I would love that. I would love Roman versus The Rock, for sure. I mean, 100%, man. 100% I would love Roman versus The Rock. I think it's necessary. I think, it was, I think it's great. That's, see, that's the way to do it. 
because like I said, The Rock is impenetrable as far as a character is concerned. Uh, and if he puts over The Rock, man, I mean, if he puts over Roman Reigns, that's huge. And I would love to see. And, I, and the fans will like it, too, because Roman Reigns wouldn't be in a title scene in, in, uh, coming to WrestleMania. People always say, oh, remember, Roman Reigns getting shoved down our throats, which he hasn't all year. He, you know, <laughs> since he came back, he has not been shoved in our throats all year long. And I think if you the Roman Reigns is one of the most consistent baby faces. Isn't that crazy to to say that in 2019? Roman Reigns is one of the biggest baby faces in the WWE right now. And and for for so long, people didn't think that it that even existed. <laughs> but the crazy thing is that Roman Reigns is one of the biggest baby faces because people are really understanding his athleticism, seeing it appreciating it and uh he's good in the ring and so people are appreciating that and he's having heels that can dance with him and to make him be a good baby face that's what tried and true old school wrestling is the baby faces become they, they become over because there's a good heel look at hulk hogan earthquake typhoon King Kong Bundy, uh, Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, like he had heels, Big Boss Man, Akeem. He had heels to dance with, and uh, that's the thing. You know, Paul Orndorff was another one. And so throughout the 80s and 90s, early 90s, he became Iron Sheik. Yes, yes, Michael, Iron Sheik is another good one. And it's like you had heels to dance with, which for behind every good baby face, there is a good heel. I've said that many, 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 many times, and it's so true. That's the reason why Roman Reigns is over, because there are good heels working with him to establish his character as a baby face. Why isn't this method, why are they deviating for something that works. Why is the WWE? Why is the WWE deviating from something that has worked? That that brought them to the dance. It brought them to the dance, but they're deviating from what made them successful by having fifty-fifty lack of star power and just bad booking. So yeah, I, I think the I think the Rock would do. Uh, that would that would uh, be a great send off if that happened. Uh, back to your question, Lexi. Um, wrestling is using sexual preferences on TV. Why not faith? Good question, Michael. Um, what I did with Shawn Michaels, he was like super uh, super faithful uh, when his entrances. I think that's a really cool thing that uh, that would uh, be a good addition, a good element of, of, of pro wrestling characters and not make it like cheesy, you know, like that. Uh, I They just make like faith characters cheesy and uh, it's, it's terrible. Um, let's see what else we got. Yes, true. That's true, unfortunately. 
JSP, uh, am I the only one still waiting on that rock and Eli uh, Elias segment? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> I think probably probably you're the only one. You're the only one, brother. Um, cool. If Bobby got repackaged, which legend you want as his manager? Good question, Eli. Um, I wouldn't even have a legend. You know who I would have? I would have. Hermando Alejandro Estrada. Everybody listen. Do me. <laughs> that's, that's who I would have come back uh, and manage, uh, manage Bobby Lashley, I think. Estrada and Bobby Lashley. Are you bringing back uh, what's my dude's name who got fired um, for saying the Kobe Bryant stuff? Uh, what is his name? Then he managed. Um, oh, what is his name? Uh, Abraham Washington. That's his name. Abraham Washington. Uh, bring him back. There you go. He was good. Um. Yep. Yep. Eli. Yep. Got it. Abraham Rostin. All right. Let's do some trivia, man. Let's do some trivia. This has been super fun, guys. Great question. See. See, that's my point. Ask Chris questions is much better than, um, than any Raw or SmackDown chat <laughs> discussion that we could do. It's your question. What faction did the Jackal Don Callis manage in WWE? What faction did the Jackal Don Callis? Manage in the WWE. Everybody listen. <laughs> Do me. Uh, WWE would not bring him back because he disrespected Linda. Was that for Abraham Eli? He disrespected Linda McMahon. Linda Mac McMahon, as uh, <laughs> Gerald Briscoe would say, Vince McMahon. Uh. No, no, it wasn't. He didn't manage ICP. Where'd you get that from? Come on, wrestling heads. ICP. All right, so uh, let's talk. There you go, Brandon. There you go. Good job. The Truth Commission. The Truth Commission. That is the correct answer. You get a you get a correct answer on that one uh, for the for the Truth Commission. Um, as soon as I find it, there you go. Truth Commission. Uh, Melvin says ICP was never in WWE. Yeah, they were. They uh, they uh, was they wrapped before the um, oddities came out. Actually, they came out. They would wrap their theme. They wrapped their theme song every time. Everybody comes to the greatest show. Hands like this. Hands <laughs> like this. <laughs> oh, man. Every single time. I see a... Oh, man. Oddities was uh, such a terrible faction, man. <laughs> that was such a bad faction. Oh, man. Earthquake came out, or Golga came out with his, uh, his Cartman doll and Man, what a what a bad 
moment in, in time in WWE, the oddities was. Can you believe that Sonny was an unofficial member of the oddities? Sonny, ladies and gentlemen, Sonny was a member of the oddities. How about that? Next trivia question. Uh, what year did Trish Stratus win his first um, women's championship? Her first women's championship. What year did Trish Stratus win her first women's championship? Evan is uh, dealing with uh, some family stuff right now. Uh, he call in if he's available. Uh, talk to him right before the show. Uh, Kimbo and Brandon, good job. 2001. 2001 was the first year that Trish Stratus won the WWE Women's Championship. Here's another one for you. Get your thinking caps on for this one. Uh, Who were the members of the Un-Americans stable? Who were the members of the Un-Americans stable? People calling for ICP and AEW? No, 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 no. That ain't, no, no, thank you. Nope. Nope. All right. So, um, Kimbo, you're almost there. Almost there. You got uh, three correct ones. Good job. Almost there. Uh, All right. So, let's talk about um, Raw and SmackDown. Um, Raw and SmackDown. What are your grades on Raw and SmackDown? Um, SmackDown was better than Raw to me this uh, this time, this go round. There it is, Eli. Lance Storm, Test, Christian, and William Regal. Good job. The Un Americans. I actually like that. I actually like that faction. All right, so Raw. Um, Michael says C minus, uh, C and C Malvin says, um, looking at Raw's results and running thing fun. What in the heck are they doing with Rey Mysterio, man? What in the world? <laughs> he likes says good faction, bad theme. Yeah. Michael B minus for SmackDown. Brandon, uh, C. Um, B for SmackDown, three uh, C plus and C minus, C plus and C minus for GHP as well. C for uh, Sports Huddle, Brandon C for both. Um, C minus for both for Lexi. C and C for Kimbo. Yeah, uh, Eli, C for both. Oh, so so you changed your mind, Eli. <laughs> um, Ray can leave. Yeah, Ray, he has an out clause. Yeah, I mean, like, man, see, that's see, that's my point as far as legends putting people over. Like, is on is is Andrade any any different? Is he like a bigger star because he's he keeps beating up Ray Mysterio? I don't see it. He that that. See, this is a very interesting theme of this show tonight as far as people not getting over uh, by by beating legends. Andrade has beat Rey Mysterio time after time after time after time 
is Andrade a a better name or a more important name by defeating Rey Mysterio time after time? No. <laughs> and that goes to show just because you're beating up legends doesn't make you a better uh name. There's there's stock in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of um uh there's a lot of stock in this. So it's a lot of work in it, man. Lots and lots of work in it. Um let's see, I think you guys can hear me. I hope you can. Uh oh. I think I think we're back. I think we're back. We back, guys. Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? All right. We good? I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Jim knew what's going on. Let's see. <laughs> I think I said something about the review. Uh, do y'all see? Do y'all see me again? Something happened. That's uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's not okay. Um, are we back? Y'all see me again, PNP Nation. Are we back? Are we good? Are we good? Give me some uh, some verification here, guys. I think I said something that ticked off WWE. <laughs> are we back? See. It ended. Oh. Okay, check me out on the audio. Um cuz I can still see y'all. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Just a moment. Okay. Let me give you all the audio. Let's see here. Hmm. All right. Well, don't know exactly what's happening right now, but uh, we will get it together. We will get it together, ladies and gentlemen. 
Okay. We're going to get together. All right. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, that's funny. I think I might have said something that ticked off WB is what they're saying. I uh, I think that might be that might be the case. That might be the case, ladies and gentlemen. That might be the case. Um, that is funny. That is funny. It just went and just uh, just stopped on me, trying to get the chat back. I think that might be gone too. All right, well, we are still in the audio, ladies and gentlemen. The audio is still around; it's still here. I don't know, don't know what happened, unfortunately. I do not know what happened with the with the audio, but. We will be sure to get this together. Let's see. Get the audio for y'all. Let's see here. Ah, okay. All right, so there's the audio link, ladies and gentlemen. Keep on commenting. We're going to make it work for that. There's the audio link. Uh, For those in the audio, let me know if you can hear me. Um, Things. Yeah, Plan C, exactly. Uh, Sports Huddle has it. Um, Sports Huddle got the audio. Sports Huddle can hear me. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. All right. So we're going (laughs) to. Cody can hear me. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't know why my. um, My studio uh, software just decided to just like totally bomb on me. I have no idea why that happened. But plan C, ladies and gentlemen. Uh it's a bit low compared to YouTube. Oh, okay. Um Okay. Let's see. Alright, let me know if this is better. I'll turn it up a little bit. Um Alright, you can hear me, Brandon. All right, I turned it up a little bit, turned my mic up a little bit, Cody. Let me know if that's good. All right, so Plan C, ladies and gentlemen, this is a really this is a good way. This is why you keep the audio. <laughs> that was crazy, man. I have no idea why that happened. It just uh, totally just turned off on me. I don't know why, but. It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is what it is. All right. 
So, talked about Raw and SmackDown grades, and we're going to talk about the flavor of the week. I'm glad that everybody can hear me. Uh, Evan Tech Prout, man, you jumped in when uh, my my uh, YouTube stuff just totally uh, just went bananas on me, man. Just went. This went mental, as uh, my British friends would say. It went mental on me. So, Garrett, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. What's going on, guys? What's happening? I said that not a few people know that the show was still going on. Uh, got a couple of inboxes. Like, uh, Kicks and Power Slams is down. Get his back up. Yeah. So, I get to back be here, up. so I'm a little late, everybody. Yeah, oh, man, that is uh, that is uh, something else. We're live, pal. Yeah, we are live, pal. We're and, live. Uh, my frames, my frames are just dropping like crazy right now. I don't know why, but all right. Well, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Live chat. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the. Get to the uh, flavor of the week. Let's uh, talk about the 1998 SummerSlam. Technical difficulties, man. All right, but uh, we are still in here. And, man, my software is just, like, dropping frames like crazy right now. Just all of a sudden, it just was like, I can't do it anymore. Now it's just, like, dropping frames like crazy. All right, but the audio is still up and running and good to go. So uh, let's do this flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about the 1988 SummerSlam. Uh, and then after that, we're going to do uh, the Survivor Slam. Uh, Survivor Slam. That <laughs> sounds like a. Survivor Slam. The Survivor Slam. (laughs) I think I just gave. uh, I think I just gave uh, um, uh, WWE an idea for the next Saudi event. The Survivor Slam. (laughs) That's gonna be. That's gonna be the day for their one of their Saudi events. Uh, All right, so let's do 1988. So we're gonna. So the British Bulldogs uh, um, ended a time limit draw, 20-minute draw. That was the first match of the 1988 Survivor Series. Um, somehow that somehow the Rougeau brothers was <laughs> somehow they wanted to start the match with the time limit draw. That was very odd to me. Uh, then we had Bat News Brown defeating Ken Patera in about six and a half minutes. Uh, then we had Rick Raverson, Rick Rude, defeating JYD. Um, this was 1988, man. I, JYD, I mean, talk about an uncrowned champion to me. I was such a big JYD fan as a kid. And, man, it, it was just what happened with WWE. I know that he, like, was – I know that he was having some issues personally and a you know, gaining some weight and stuff. And um, during his, his WWE time wasn't the best, 
just because, um, you know, he was in a dealing with a lot of personal stuff. But and then he went to WWE, and then he went to WCW, and I know he feuded oh, against Flair, but WCW was just was worse. <laughs> so, um, man, I just wish that. I wish that uh, Mid South JYD, you know, they. I wish the WWE pushed him like you know Bill Watts did in Mid South. Yeah, I agree. JYD gets forgotten a lot. Uh, there was a classic story of um, I don't know if JYD that he was gonna go Honky Tonk Man or Harvey Lewis or someone, and said he was the reason why he decided to leave WWE, but. Uh, Jinjo Dog was great. He had a great following. But uh, for some reason, he just couldn't capture the same allure he had in, in the Miss Thompson head in the certain territories. But the thought and, you know, him, his theme music, and they had his anxious figure back in the day. Yeah. So, Jinjo Dog was great back in the day. A lot of people forget. Yeah. Yeah, they, definitely. <clears throat> All right, so uh, let's see what else we got. Um, let's see. 1988. Um, all right, so we got uh, Rick Rue defeating JYD, YDQ, Powers of Pain defeating the Bolsheviks, uh, oh, Slick. The Baron was with the powers of pain. So it's crazy that they did the double turn. And I was talking to, uh, to Tito Santana about this, man, as far as the powers of pain uh, coming as baby faces and being introduced by uh, Tito Santana, which was really interesting. Um, you know, Baron Von Roski managed him at this time, but when they did the turn and end up going with Fuji. Oh no, I I think that Powers of Pain as baby faces, I don't know, maybe could have worked, but they I, it, it just seems work. like they it, it just it just didn't work. <laughs> it just definitely didn't work. Yeah, sure. No, not at all. Um, Ultimate War defeating Honky Tonk Man. That was the very fast Intercontinental Championship win. Uh. When Warrior beat him in 30 seconds, about 30 seconds. Um, I think that this is one of the defining moments for the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Beating the Honky Tonk Man in 30 seconds, man. <clears throat> and I think that was uh, I think that was a good call, honestly. I think it was a really good call to, 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 do, to do that. I agree with that. I mean, classic Warrior and Honky Tonk match, uh, Morgan, well, similar to Goldberg, not not no more so of the character, not so much of the matches. I mean, Goldberg has had a few matches, but they they'll never be remembered as uh, having the long broadways like the Flair and the Steamboats and uh, you know the late great Harley races now and, and the Briscoes. But uh, it it made sense. It definitely yep. made sense for Morgan to win the way he did. Yeah, definitely. Um. Then we got uh, Dino Bravo defeating Don Morocco, Demolition defeating the Heart Foundation uh, to retain the Tag Team Championships. That was always a good feud to watch. Um, 
Yeah, good Bossman, <clears throat> Yeah. Bossman defeating Coco Beware. <laughs> oh, man. It was a less than less than a six-minute match. And, well, I mean, I guess it goes back to Coco Beware in the Hall of Fame, man. Like, what, what in WWE did he do that was Hall of Fame worthy? You know, you said Coco Beware, right? Yeah. I think it is, you know, I'm a good buddies with Coco. I've had him on my show. Uh, like the Godfather, it's certain people in WWE that their characters are Hall of Fame worthy, but their matches aren't. So let's be real. Was the Godfather really a Hall of Famer? Nick, I dare anyone listen to this live, listen to this archive, or thank you for probably friends. I've said it on my show under the Mac Radio. I dare you, and it's kind of cool as I am with being in tech. Is he being Southern Stone and he being true fans of this other other sport? You cannot name five top top five Godfather matches. We cannot name top five Coco Beware matches. And I'm saying it as a as a buddy of Coco. I you know, as having him on the show and seeing him at convention, Coco is a good guy. But some people, their characters are legendary and that's it. Coco Beware has a legendary character. Junkyard Dog should be in the Hall of Fame because he's a legendary character. They're not legendary by the actual matches. You know, it's a difference of Flair and Steamboat and Sting and the Road Warriors and even Taker or Mikey. You know, certain people, they just, certain people, you know, their characters are legendary as well as their matches. You could think five awesome matches or the Rock matches, the Triple H, the Shawn Michaels, or, you know, Rick Flair or Hogan or you can name them but certain people their characters are just more legendary and when you think of a top five match you can't think of them you think of more for the persona and the character than the actual person what's that yeah. actual match look at Bruce Beefcake another, another example Bruce is a great dude Brutus, yeah, the only thing the thing with the thing with Brutus and, and and people like that to me is that like they had characters that transcended. I mean that that was like large and in life, and like even right, Brutus, exactly. like he, you know, what I'm saying like even Brutus like rubbed shoulders with Hogan, you know, what I mean when they were feuding, cool. uh, you know, together as a tag team. Godfather, you know, I've. Uh, you know, I've I've, uh, I've had my criticisms about that, but at the same time, you know, he was Intercontinental Champion. It, the the good thing about that is that he actually won the Intercontinental Title while being a very prominent character in the WWE. Like he he made it in the mid card. Like he was a really stable mid carder. Plus, you know, he's, um, you know, he was comma. You know, he feuded with Taker. Over the uh, Papa Shango, yeah, Papa Shango was Warrior and Hogan. So I think, I think they were. I think WWE decided to bring Charles Wright in the Hall of Fame right. under the Godfather character, you know. And I'm cool with that. But with with Coco, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just I just don't see the, the 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 Hall of Fame. I mean, although you know he was, I loved Coco Beware when I was a kid. I mean. Let's not, you know, let's not get that twisted. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. 
But I look at it specifically as a person. They, they end up with God, Father. We know, you know, Charles Wright, his whole career as a whole, like uh, Ed Leslie, as a whole of a career, yeah, as a whole, with all the characters included, for so is their legend. But specifically in Destiny the Godfather, it's like, okay, Godfather had a Hall of Fame character, the whole, you know, the persona and the whole train. But what have you really done? You can't name one singles match. It's like Blue Dog. Blue Dog's character is great. You name top five matches of Road Dog. You can't. Most of them, you know, what he's finishing these guys. Well, that's the reason so, why Road Dog wouldn't have made it. By himself. That's the reason why he's making. What? You know, that's the reason why he made it with DX. He wouldn't have made it by himself. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. And and Godfather, like I say, I mean, I think Godfather is in as Charles Wright. They just slapped the Godfather, you know, because they weren't going to induct Papa Chango or Kama yeah, Mustafa. Kama. But, but he had a collection of characters that. I mean, that's the reason why they inducted Scott Hall as Reg Ramon. You know, because he. Yes, Scott yes. Hall deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but Razor Ramon is WWE's character that yeah, they you know that that they did you know like the uh, you know so uh, it, it makes sense to me why they did that, but still Coco Beware doesn't have that type of resume. I mean, yeah, he did good you know in Memphis, but you know not in USWA, but not. Uh, a huge Hall of Fame worthy, but yeah, you know he's in there though. Uh, uh, Jake Roberts defeating Hercules. I was a big Hercules fan as a kid, man. I used oh, to yeah, swing, swing my chain around uh, in the backyard. And then the Mega Powers, Mega Powers, yeah, defeated the Mega Bucks. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, eighty-eight was such a really, really good. Um, Really good uh, year for SummerSlam. It was a good opener for that for that series. All righty, so let's uh, let's land a plane. Sorry, guys, that my um, my frames just started. So now it's working, but the but the streams now it's back up and working again. It just went on like a, a, a terror. But now the crazy thing is that it's it's back working properly, but the, the stream is done. The audio's good to go, though. So that's uh, technology for you, ladies and gentlemen. It happens, but it's all right, man. It's all right. All right, so let's do the uh, SummerSlam 2019 predictions. There, there's not a lot of things right now. There's like. Nine matches or so confirmed, uh, but there's there's talks that it's going to be like up to like a dozen of twelve to fifteen possibly, and then it's supposed to start at five o'clock for the pre-show, and then uh, seven to eleven at least for the main show, similar to WrestleMania. So <laughs> we'll see, man. Right right now we got we'll just go with what we have. Uh, Trish Stratus versus Charlotte. Uh, I think Charlotte Charlotte wins. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to put Charlotte over. Uh, let's do AJ versus Ricochet. Uh, AJ keeps it with his qualification, and AJ wins. Fast play to keep the two games. Uh, I can see. 
I can see AJ keeping it uh, to, you know, still make the club look good since they all have titles. Um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Bray wins by squash. That should be no longer than three minutes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Shaman Man. Oh, Kevin Owens wins. When I gather, maybe uh, help Kevin Owens get some help. Yeah, I think I want to too. Uh, Bailey versus Ember Moon. I'll say Bailey earlier. I'll say Bailey wins. Yeah, I want Ember to win, but I can see. Let's see. Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Uh, Becky with the heel turn. Yeah, they're, but they still, they're trying to turn her heel, but she's still getting cheered, man. Like, that's not working for them. Yeah, I think, I think Becky wins, too. Uh, let's do uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg and the family. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, Brock Lesnar. That should be like the next seven minutes. Seven, uh, yeah. Seth goes back to the the mid card after this, I believe. And then Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, WWE Championship. I have Orton winning. Yeah, me too. Orton beats Kofi, and then uh, Kofi can. You know, the whole story of the the, the chase of uh, Orton is not a good hand with face to report. Kofi can go try to get his redemption. They can catch it up some uh, some point. Survivor Series. They can get some of the series. The survivor, uh, we can go to Survivor Series. We can do that. Yeah, I say Orton wins too. Uh, I think that they went more of a legendary figure for uh, the, the Fox launch. So. And like I said on the Talk show, I think uh, I think what you do is you have uh, uh, you have Orton, uh, you have Kofi winning the Royal Rumble and challenging Lester. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, 384 episodes in the books. It's so crazy that everything is just working properly. <laughs> but it has been on a frenzy for a while. Um, Apologies. Uh, the audio, uh, you get to hear all of this. Uh, from, from top to bottom, you get to hear all of this. So that's the pleasure of having the audio part. Um, but, you know, it's uh, one of those things that uh, we'll still make it happen. It's still 384 episodes. Still a lot of fun on the show. We're live, pal. The show must go on. So, uh, big thanks to Tito Santana. As you saw, uh, the website, uh, the, the, the site to, to donate on Patreon. Appreciate your support. Follow at Chris Prolific on Twitter, Facebook, uh, well, uh, Instagram. On behalf of Evan Techcraft at uh, Tech underscore UTMR. I'm Chris Featherstone for 384 episodes. Until your till next week. Uh, enjoy SummerSlam. It should be pretty interesting. I'm not too thrilled about it, but we'll see how it works. Uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week of rest and God bless. And always remember, I'll do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Good night, everybody. Peace.